Jobs said, focus on simplicity. Once you get there, you can move mountains. Bruce Lee said, the successful warrior is an average man with laser-like focus. Welcome to this new episode, which will be focusing on focus. My mother always used to shout at me, Sundar, you need to focus on what you are doing. Now I used to wonder, why is there such a great fuss about focus? Now I can tell you, the reason is because what we see decides what we do in our life. What captures our attention impacts our life choices. Mahabharata, the great Indian epic, has multitudes of stories which provides insights into various virtues and values that we can imbibe in our life. There's one particular story about the archer Arjuna. Story happens when both Pandavas and Kauravas, the two clans that were fighting in this epic, they were learning under Guru Dronacharya. One day, Dronacharya assembles all the students for a test. He says, There is a bird sitting in the tree. I want you to hit that bird. It is Shra, the eldest of them all. He takes the first shot. Drona asks him, What do you see? It is Shra says, Oh, I can see a beautiful blue sky in the background. The tree is standing majestically and the bird is sitting on a branch. He fails to hit the bird. And one by one, one by one, each of the warriors are trying. Ashatama, son of Drona, he also tried. And Drona asked him, what do you see? And he says, oh, I can see the tree with its branches, leaves and fruits, and that bird sitting in that branch. He also failed. Arjuna comes. He takes the aim. And Dronacharya puts the same question. What do you see? Arjuna says, I can see the eye of the bird. And he eats the bird. Now, that is what this story talks about. Focus. Laser-like focus. A focus helps us to take action that can produce results. Focus determines the tenacity of the action. Focus leads us to the destiny where we want to go. Marshall Goldsmith, in his book Triggers, narrates a story, a story of a farmer. This young farmer was covered with sweat and as he paddled his boat up the river. He was going upstream to deliver the produce to the village. It was a hot day and he wanted to make the delivery fast and return soon. As he looked, at, looked ahead, he could see another vessel rapidly coming downstream and directly coming towards his boat. He started waving hands, he started shouting, move away, move away, but nothing seems to be happening. Before he could do anything, that vessel comes and hits his boat. And as he tumbles down to the water, he gets up and he was so angry. He pushed himself towards that empty that boat and he shouts, What is it you are doing? And as he looked inside, he found no one there. It was an empty boat. The point the author wants to make here is this. Instead of blaming, had he swung into action, he could have probably saved his boat. 
in our life, in many situations, we end up doing same thing. We see a situation, we see a danger, we see a risk, but we wait for it to go away. We don't take any action to avoid the situation. And then we look for people, we look for situations, we look for something else where we can put the blame on. The point is, where are you focusing? Are you focusing on finding a solution to salvage the situation or are you looking for an excuse, a reason for your failure? You can train your mind either to focus on finding a solution in every situation or end up as a savage in every situation and find reasons for your failure. And that's exactly what the other is insisting in this story. When we train our mind to act in a befitting way in every situation, it will salvage a problem into our own benefit. If we train our mind to blame, look for blame, it will find reasons for our failures. Focus is also a peculiar thing. We tend to focus on wrong things. Let me give you an example. In a, any normal conversation, when you're having with near and dear or your colleague or your boss, your mind is looking for negative words and hatch on to that. And when I miss out completing a task and my, when my boss tells me that you need to be more organized, I feel that he is blaming me. Of course he is blaming. And my wife tells me sometimes that I am driving very fast. She says that why are you driving so rashly? And I pick up the word rash. And then I get upset. But actually, if you look at these two situations, there are actually suggestions that I need to be more organized to, to take care of things. I need to be more cool while I'm driving so that I can handle the situations better. So where my mind is focusing, it's focusing on the negative words that they are using against me and say, thinking that they are blaming me for the failure. In fact, they are actually suggesting me to improve myself. So the focus decides what you're going to do. Are you going to find ways of improving yourself or you're going to find ways of defending your failure? Now, this is more applicable in a corporate world, especially during appraisals. It's normal to get some harsh appraisals. When we get such appraisals, we have three options. One, we can ignore it completely. Two, we can feel bad about it and sulk about it. Or the third option is where we can look at the areas where we could improve. In an HBR article titled, what, do, what to do when you think your performance review is wrong by Dick Groth, he says, no matter what happens, keep the conversation with your manager professional. Your manager is not responsible for your feelings and your boss did not intentionally create emotional reaction you are experiencing. This is a great advice to handle negative appraisals, I would say, every negative situations. But how can you keep your emotions out of the conversations? I would suggest focus on the point that you think you can work to improve yourself and remove the focus from the negative words used in the appraisal or in the conversation. I tend to get upset 
sometimes even now I get upset. But then I continuously, intently try to shift my focus towards what action I can take to improve myself. Talking about focus, I want to touch upon another aspect of focus. But when you are focusing on a particular thing and it becomes an obsession, it works wonders, I tell you. Wonders in the sense that you are too focused on a particular issue and then suddenly you leave it and go for go do something else. What happens? Your mind is still working on it and you may get a solution for the problem that you were working from completely unexpected places. The example I want to give is from the book Reality is not what it seems. The journey to quantum gravity by Carlo Ravelli. In that book, he narrates a story, a story of Werner Heisenberg. It was 1925. It was night and 25-year-old Werner Heisenberg was walking pensively in the park behind the Copenhagen Institute of Physics. There is only an occasional street lamp to provide dim lighting. Now, he was noticing a man walking and he could see him walking under the street light and then disappear into the darkness and again reappear under the light, the second light. Now, that triggered a thought in his mind. He's been working on electrons. And he, he thought electrons are probably always in action. We only notice it when it is interacting with something else and that's what led to his theory on quantum mechanics. For that matter, apple falling from the tree. Of course, this is a legend that's been repeated quite often, but yes, Newton seeing apple and that triggered the thought of gravity. It's always happening. Apple has always been falling, isn't it? But because his mind was working on gravity, he could relate. Same thing with Archimedes and Eureka moment. There were a mundane activity like taking bath in a bathtub triggered the buoyancy law. The point is when we focus on a situation or a problem so intently, our brain continues to process in the background, even when we are involved in some other activity. Now I want to conclude this episode with a quote from famous author Robin Sharma. He says, what you focus in life grows. The question then remains is, what are you focusing in your life now? Thank you.